Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. All right, Evan, uh, welcome to Rooster and the Devil. Would you mind telling us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my name is Evan Ramist. Um, I am currently the GM and Director of Operations for Maryland Bobcats FC, um, a club based in Montgomery County, Maryland, that um, yeah, just uh, won the national championship for U- UPSL. Uh, I'm actually a Rockville guy myself, so that's okay. what kind awesome. of piqued my curiosity yeah, about awesome. Maryland Bobcats. Um, <laughs> so you guys won the national championship down in, in Florida. Can you just tell me, were you down there? I was, yeah. So, um, you know, all the players and staff we left on Thursday night, um, you know, we probably could have gone down there Friday afternoon, Friday night. Um, but our ownership group and kind of the front office, you know, we, we're trying to create the most professional atmosphere we can, no matter what, um, level we're playing that, whether it's a Sunday league, whether it's UPSL, MPSL, we're trying to create a really professional atmosphere. Um, and you know, the, the staff just kind of thought that given guys, you know, that kind of day down there in Miami, you know, it's a little bit warmer than Maryland, which, which was nice, but for, uh, the players, you know, get them acclimated, but also, um, we had a light training on Friday morning to get the guys' legs loose after the flight. Um, it was on Thursday night with that storm heading across the East Coast, so the flight was a bit bit bumpy. But, um, but yeah, can you tell was, me how, how did the qualifying work? Yeah, so um, what happened was we won our division, which is the Mid Atlantic Beltway Division. So we made the division playoffs, which was the top. Um, four teams in our division, which was, and I'm going to forget all of them now, but us, Quake <laughs> FC, Northern Virginia, and I don't remember who the fourth place, or the, the other team was because we didn't play them. So we played Quake and Northern Virginia and um, won both those games. So we were the division regular season champions and the playoff champions. Then we moved on to the conference playoffs um, and we played Mass Mass United at at, at home um, and end up ended up... Um, in unfortunate circumstances, I don't know if you if you heard about what happened, but um, there was there was an incident with with um, a member of their staff and the referee crew. But we ended up winning that game, um, and that's how we uh, qualified for nationals. Gotcha. And then I mean, can you, I'm I'm pretty new. I, I know it's fourth division or fourth tier of American yep. soccer. So I know you also play in MPSL, but can yep. you just like you know what what's UPSL like for the uh, for people that might not know? Yeah, absolutely. So UPSL, um, you know, it's it's there are some really good teams across the country. Um, you know, there's there's some really really good high quality teams across the country. Um, you know, there's I think as of fall 2019 there was around 350 teams all across the country, um, and you know it's it's a little more organized, right? There's minimum standards that teams have to meet. There's there's more standards that the league holds their team to. Um, but you know, it's not on, it's not super expensive for teams. So, you know, it's a relatively low barrier to entry. Um, but also it 
for, for us, kind of the biggest thing was it gave our club and our team its independence. So um, from a from a brand perspective, from, you know, how we wanted to run our club and run our team, it really gave us kind of our, our, our independence. You know, they let us do what we want to do, right? Obviously, we can't fight and, and you know, do all that at stuff. But um, from like yeah. office, from from what I do and, and from, from what the rest, the rest of our staff does, it really gave us the freedom and independence to kind of, you know, build what we want to build and, and, and get players that we want to, that want to play. And, um, you know, it, for us, it's really, my job is I want to showcase our players. Right. And this kind of gave us the next, you know, from where, where we were playing before UPSL, a national stage to really showcase our players and what talent we have in Montgomery County and in, in Maryland. So how do you, how do you go about finding players for the team? Is it a mix of college kids and, and people looking to play semi-professional or, or how does that process work? Yeah. So, um, kind of the unique thing about our, our current roster up until right up, up until this spring season coming up is all of our players, every single player that, that made our roster played, um, lives in or around Montgomery County. So I think the farthest guy maybe lives an hour away. Um, so it's, it's really a lot of local talent. So the club started, um, it, you know, 10, 10 years ago, we were playing in Maryland majors and it really was just a bunch of guys that were friends, knew each other from, from youth soccer, from college, from whatever that wanted to keep playing soccer at a more organized, higher level than like, you know, a co-ed league in Howard County or something like that. Sure. Um, and you know, it kind of ballooned, you know, we were having some, some success and it kind of ballooned into this, this bigger project. And, um, honestly, uh, up until we, up, up until this past, you know, couple three or four months, it's been guys that live in the area and then they have friends and they say, Hey, I have this buddy that can play. And we let him come out to practice and, and see if he can play or not. And if he can, great, he's on the roster. And if not, we say thanks. But, um, you know, we were looking for someone else, but, you know, of, of the 22 guys we took to Florida, um, all 22 guys, you know, live and work within an hour of Mont- Montgomery County. So it really was a Maryland team. Um, it really was all local guys. So it was that's, pretty cool. Yeah, that's neat. And then you guys are also involved in NPSL, right? Yeah, we are. So we kick off actually in 2020. This, this year is going to be our first season. We're really excited. Hmm. Um, kind of how the UPSL for us was a, like the next step. The NPSL is the next, next step. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit more stringent. There's a little bit more higher minimum standards you have to meet. And sure. you know, the quality across the country is even that little bit higher. And for us, it was just kind of the next logical step. The other two guys that do the podcast with me are from Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I believe okay. they, they both, I think Grand Rapids just moved to league two, USL yep. league two, but they were NPSL yeah. before. Yeah. So I mean, and you guys are playing at Blair High School in Silver Spring? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For 2020, um, all of our UPSL and NPSL games are going to be at Blair. Um, and that includes, and the schedule's not announced yet, but um, I think, if I can remember correctly, about three doubleheaders. So we'll have a game at um, five for the UPSL team and 7.30 or 8 o'clock. It might be 8 o'clock for mm. the NPSL team. So it'll it'll be a day, day full of soccer. Uh. And then I, I saw you have some sort of affiliation with Denison's or maybe you were just there for the, uh, the pre UPSL <laughs> tournament party. Yeah, they have been awesome. Um, so, you know, they're not really an official sponsor partner, but, um, I shout them out and give them credit like they are because they've been awesome. They've hosted, they've hosted us in the team twice so far. They hosted once as a 
like post signing day party last last spring. And then, yeah, they hosted us for a what we thought was going to be hopefully a national championship celebration party. But the schedules got pushed back and it was more like a send off. Good. Good luck party. But um, no, Denizen has been as has been awesome. You know, they're one. Their beer is fantastic. But <laughs> two, um, they've, they've been awesome with hosting us and giving us space. And, you know, I've been there for a couple Trivia nights where you know the prizes are bobcats, scarves, and t-shirts and stuff. Oh, so cool. um, no, they've they've been awesome. Um, and yeah, I can't say enough good things about the staff staff there. I actually am uh, part time in the beer industry in Montgomery County. Have you okay. heard of Saints Row in Rockville? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, bartend there every That's once awesome. in a while. Yeah. So oh, someone's calling. My brother's calling me. Not now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later. Yeah. Uh, so how, um. Like what's what's the plan for the NPSL season? Are you guys gonna try to get some fans going? Do you have any ideas on how to do that? Yeah, so um, yeah, 2020 NPSL is gonna be that's kind of what right now my focus is on. We you know we've kind of got the NPSL or the UPSL thing down. We've been there in two seasons, right? We've had some success on the field, um, so we feel like we kind of have those game days and that down. But for NPSL, we're really trying to expand a lot more right it's 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 a quote-unquote bigger league it's, it's the same level but you know like i said there's there's less teams there it's 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 higher standards higher um across the board quality of play but um is the yeah, league a little more organized would you say um, it's it's a little more organized but just in the fact that i think you know it's 90 95 teams compared to 350 so i think it's a lot easier sure. for them to be to be more organized but that makes you know, sense with npsl with comes a little bit um you know higher higher price tag and stuff um it's nothing, nothing crazy, right? But yeah, I was looking they, it up uh, earlier today out of curiosity. Yeah, but you know, it with for us, um, like I mentioned earlier, we really are trying to do the most pro- professional job we can do, no matter where we're playing. Um, but the NPSL, it's you definitely just can't walk in and hope to be su- successful. There's definitely has to be a, a plan in place um, that you know helps you be successful. But yeah, so you know, we're I'm. <laughs> I'm reaching the hell out of everyone I know from, you know, youth teams and, and old coaches and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the fact that a lot of our um, players and staff live, work, our players coach in Montgomery County, um, you know, that there's there's going to be hopefully some decent fans um, that, that we can get. Um, but also we're, again, haven't announced this yet, but we're partnering, partnering with a youth club um, and, you know, having, having the guys do – sessions with with the players and um you know ho- hopefully have have a bunch of them come out but um but no no we're super we're super excited to kick off in mbsl there is some f- fantastic teams in our conference and um it's definitely not not going to be easy um uh, but you know ho- ho- hopefully we can keep winning some games what are uh, what are some of the teams that are in your conference yeah so the other teams in our conference are um fc baltimore christos um fc frederick who i actually played youth soccer for for 13 years no huh. 12 years yeah and actually my coach for 10 years is the gm of the mpsl team so it was funny to run into him um at the agm in nashville for mpsl uh in november that was kind of funny um so it's, yeah sc baltimore christos sc frederick um there's a new team in delaware called first state fc which is an awesome name um they're they're doing some really cool stuff up there i got to talk to the owners um at the meeting as well there is a Northern Virginia team, a Charlottesville team, a Virginia Beach City team, and I feel like I'm missing one, but I don't actually think I am. But no, so do you guys play uh, home and homes with with we them, do. or is it? Yeah, so we have 12 games in the season, um, home and away at 
everyone. So, um, you know, there's, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit challenging, um, because we're trying to fit 12 games in about nine weeks. Mm. Um, you know, so there's some mid midweek games and some, you know, Fridays, Sunday weekends, but, um, we have about 35 to 40 guys, um, that we're going to split between UPSL and NPSL. So hopefully, you know, we should always have kind of that full, full roster for any oh. game. Are you going to pri- prioritize one over the other? Or at this point, you're just trying um, to field the best team that's available. Yeah, we we're, we want to put the best team that we have out there, no matter what game we're playing. And you know, it, it it'll come challenging come the the uh, the end part of UPSL and the beginning part of NPSL when there's going to be some overlap, right? Because we definitely don't want guys playing two games in one day. Absolutely not. But even two games in one weekend, um, try rotate some guys in and out depending on you know what they have played previously and you know what we have coming coming forward if we have like a you know if we have we have we have a friday sunday and then like a wednesday game you know definitely gonna need to rotate some guys around but um one of the things that i think our coaching staffs um and our technical director has done a really good job of is you know we have a lot of guys that are coming to trainings and 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 playing for us but you know it's one through 40. There's a really fine margin of, of level of play where like guy number 38 could take guy number three spot. And that wouldn't shock me that, that much. So gotcha. um, it, it's a really good group of guys. So again, I wanted to just say the name one more time in case people forgot Maryland Bobcats FC. Yeah. It looks like you guys have a, a little bit of a crew, like a back office crew going on. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious. <laughs> you're, you're, 26 i thought i saw not that yeah. i was snooping at your linkedin yeah somewhere around there but yep. but you're gm of a of a soccer team that's yeah. pretty cool to, i, I want to hear about your background and then how you slid into this role yeah so um actually how i got hooked up with this team is i'm probably the weirdest one that is involved in this right so like i said earlier like uh, and even the, the roster that we have right now and the front office we have right now a 75% of them knew each other before this project started. Um, and I played soccer at a D2 school called Shippensburg. Um, I see the jersey in the background there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, Shippensburg. Yeah. And when I, you know, when I graduated, I thought I was going to be done playing competitive soccer. Yeah. I'd play pickup, you know, go and get a beer and play, play some soccer. But, um, I kind of thought, you know, I wouldn't want to keep like the grind going like practices and games. And about a month after I, uh, I graduated. I wanted to play some more. So Maryland majors, which is the league that we used to play in, um, has a free agent page and you can just like post and like, I posted, Hey, I'm a goalkeeper that just graduated, you know, would love to come out to a game. And it, Jay, our, our owner just happened to be the first, literally the first team that reached back out. I was like, sure. Like, why not? I'll, I'll come play. And, um, it, you know, that's how I got hooked up playing. Um, and we were on a U.S. Open Cup qualifier trip up to Rochester, New York, hey. in the fall of 2018. Um, and so my day job, I have like a nine to five job, like a real, a real yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. but, um, and it's at a marketing agency in, in Baltimore. And um, on the, you know, the eight hour bus ride up, our, our head coach and our owner were talking. And they're like, look, like, you know, we want to try to build something here we really want to like try to grow this team market this team but we don't know what to do and i was like half asleep half had my headphones in and i like picked my head up and my like, guys like this is what i do for a living every day like if you need some help like please let 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 me know so i originally signed on for 
you know, a couple hours a week here and there doing social media basically. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, as the project grew, it quickly grew into me doing more and more and more until, um, you know, we had the UPSL team and I was actually still playing. So like before the game, I would get like the stadium set up and make sure like the ticket stuff was all ready. And like, like the camp, we were taking pictures and stuff. And then I'd have to like warm up and then play. And then the second the game's over, I'm like tearing down and getting interviews with guys and stuff. So, um, that was, you know, that was a lot, but, um, it ballooned and I actually, I tore my Achilles in Ooh. August, past August. And not that there's a good time to tear, to tear your Achilles, <laughs> but I feel like if there was a time that I was going to tear my Achilles, um, this kind of transition from our rebrand to joining MPSL, um, to all this kind of stuff I'm going to do front office wise for this club. It, it was the best time that it could have happened. Um, but yeah, our, our ownership, um, you know, they want to put, good smart people in every role um and you know they're kind of hands off and um you know they i you know i kept getting more and more in but between now i'm doing social media stuff and league you know league communications and interviews and it sounds like you attend annual meetings and that sort of stuff yeah yeah yeah. so I'm, i'm doing kind of you know a little bit of everything but you know that being said i even i have help our assistant coach um ben i found out that he he's the assistant coach at Montgomery college, um, for the women's team with our head coach, who's also the head coach there. He used to do graphic design and video for like his day job. And so like four, three months ago, I found out he did that. I was like, Ben, I've been doing this on my own for, you know, six, seven months, man. Like now you tell me this. So he's been fantastic. Any of the stuff we've been putting out recently. Um, I love the brand. I mean, the Maryland Bobcats FC logo looks, looks awesome. I love the colors. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even that, I'm going to have to get me a scarf. Yeah, absolutely. I, Hey, I can definitely make, make uh, that happen, but even the name and colors, right. So, um, our ownership group, um, there's the, you know, there's, there's a group of them and they all met at UMBC. Um, and you know, in college they were all joking like, Hey, we want to own a soccer team someday. Um, and you know, 10 years later, like it's actually happened. So when we were going through this kind of rebrand into Maryland Bobcats FC, um, we did a couple things. One, it, the black and gold is obviously the UMBC colors is kind of like an ode to where they all met. Um, but also it, there's, you know, they love to call themselves the Bobcats, the Bobcat group. That's what they were known in college. And so it was really like us wanting to kind of, you know, pay homage to like where this idea came from and where these guys all met. So, um, and on top of that, we wanted, you know, we, we bounced around being like the Montgomery County Bobcats, MoCo Bobcats, but we really, you know, our ownership group and myself, but our ownership group has a really, forward thinking attitude. Um, and you know, they really want to build this to kind of be a team that Maryland, you know, no matter where you are in Maryland can get behind. Cause you know, there's D D DC United obviously, but that's in DC. Um, sure. so, you know, to have a team that, you know, no matter where you are, I in mean, is you could get behind. I think about it all the time. I mean, especially if you look at the way, you know, premier league teams and, yep. and EFL teams are laid out. London yeah. has, I don't know, 10, London 12, has 15 like viable clubs. That, like, in, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Montgomery County is plenty of population to, yeah, to exactly. support a club. Yeah, exactly. So now that you've fallen into this role, do you have any, you know, any dreams, aspirations as far as this part of your career is concerned or no, for I mean, now you just kind of roll on with it? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I tell people all the time, like this, this is the, this is fun for me. Like, not that I don't like my job and like my, my coworkers are fantastic, but it's not soccer, um, which, which I love. And, you know, it's, I'm not, 
I, I feel like, you know, at the time I got involved with this club and where we're at now, it's I'm really getting to, like, shape where this club is going to go in the future. And, you know, I'm sure if and when, because I know this club is going to get much bigger, we get bigger, they're going to need to hire someone that has way more experience than I do because, like you said, I'm 25. You never know, man. You um, never know. You can just yeah. grow with the club. I yeah, mean. I'm, I'm 20, 20, 25. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, this is really, really fun for me despite all the nights and weekends and travel and, you know, having to do stuff outside of work hours and, and fitting all that stuff in. And um, it's it's so much fun. The, the, the guys, the players are, are awesome. They're all bought in the project. Um, but also our, our ownership group is, um, you know, I haven't had experience with other ownership groups at this level, but, um, you know, they're really forward thinking. They're really happy to give other people the chance to do what they do best. Um, and that's why I think that this project has kind of taken off so quickly is just because we have so many people that are so committed for little to no pay that want to grow this thing. And, you know, if you get a bunch of those people in, a, in the same room, good, good things are going to happen. I mean, we talk about it all the time that soccer in the United States is in such an interesting position. So if you can find yourself in a grassroots position like this, it's just kind of neat, like yeah. something, something fun to do. No, it's 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 fantastic. Like I, you know, I've always kind of wanted to work in sports as like lots of people do. Right. But like this and, and the fact that I went from literally just wanting to play to like understanding where this project was going to go and then to, to be in this role. Um it's it's really cool um and you know i'm I'm having a ton of fun so <laughs> so then do you have any like you know uh clubs that you really look up to as far as development i mean it could be it can be domestic like sure. you know any usl l squads or, yeah. or abroad i mean anything at all yeah so there's a couple in the u.s that i try to shout out every time that i do anything like this um and there's three big ones and not in this order so they can't get mad at me but yeah. Providence City FC, um, fantastic what they've done with their brand, with their message, with with what they're trying to do for soccer. Um, what league? While playing in like the Bay State soccer, like in Boston and Rhode Island, um, uh, they're doing. I I love what they're doing, and you know I have shot them way more questions than they probably want to answer about about mm. you know how, how to do this job. But um, those guys are awesome. Minneapolis City SC. FC um, out in Minneapolis, who's also in the NPSL. Um, same kind of thing. Like I'm a big branding guy, and um, the stuff they're doing with their branding and, and their kits are uh, top three in the country. I'm not going to argue with who, what the order that is, but um, yeah. same same thing. What they're doing for for the city and how they're you know how they want to grow soccer and the tran- transparency they have in their club. Um, I got a chance to talk to their GM um, actually in Baltimore when we had, we had an MPSL meeting for the, um, at the coaches convention and um, you know, what oh, they, yeah, I saw that recently. Uh, yeah, is, uh, well, I saw the soccer cooligans were up there. Yeah, they were. Around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what, what they're doing for soccer is, is fantastic. And um, as far as social media stuff, um, forward Madison, um, is also all them. They're yeah. kind of like all, you know, those three clubs to me are all kind of in the same realm of, you know, the, the soccer part is fantastic, but what they're doing from branding and their message and what they're doing for the city is to me as important, if not more important than, um, the actual play on the field. Sure. You want to have a winning team, but you know, the, the, the community outreach, the, the branding, um, you know, those three clubs are kind of, you know, my, my top three clubs that I follow as a fan and as like a marketing branding guy yeah. uh, of what I, I love, love what, what they're all doing. 
You know, we've had a guy on the podcast, uh, Matt Newhausen, who worked for Greenville FC down in. Uh, actually, no, it was not him, but worked for. He had an internship with Greenville FC, yeah. another MPSL team, but yeah. they they also were part owned by a marketing company, which is okay. Like, yeah, it's kind of kind of an interesting yeah. mix of uh, of things there. So I want to ask you about U.S. soccer development since you are, you know, yep. in that game. <laughs> yep. um, what do you think? What do you think we do well right now? Uh, everyone always it's very negative all the time. Yep. So, so that's <laughs> the first question. Then I'll ask you a negative question. But. Yeah. Um, you know what I think we do well and what I think has gotten better. Even you know I'm 25, so in the last let's say 15 years since I was playing youth soccer. Um, I think there is a little bit more development on the technical, like, let's not care when you're 11, how big, fast or strong you are. Let's get you, let's see if you can pass the ball or dribble first. And then, you know, when you actually go through puberty and grow a little bit, let's, let's, and let's maybe focus on that. I think that the technical development, um, has gotten a little bit better, but I think the biggest strides and there's still a long, long way to go is the thinking of the game and like the tactical side, right? Cause there's lots of players that you you tell them, I want you to go to the end line, beat your guy, play a ball in. There's plenty of players that have the ability to do that. When the other team makes it so you can't do that, there's not a lot of players in the U.S. that can think, okay, what do I do now without the coach laying out, do A and then B and then C. Um, and not, again, I think that's one of the things that our coach Phil um, has put in that, like, obviously we want technical fit players, but you ha- in our system you have to be able to think the game of soccer, you can't just, you know, you, you, he's not going to give you instructions for every little thing. He's going to give you a framework and you have to be able to think in that framework of, okay, if option A isn't working, what do we talk about for B? Okay. If B isn't working, how do I get the ball to this guy for option C? Um, Can you give I, me a primer of, uh, of your system? <laughs> so I will say that our coaching staff is very good at making ad- adjustments, but we like to play, um, attacking soccer, right? So we like our outside backs to get up and help in the attack. Um, but what, what that also means is that our, our outside backs also need to get back and help us on defense. So um, if you're playing outside back back for us, which shout out to um, Phil and um, Jovan this weekend, because they played two games plus an overtime in a second game in two days and both played the entire game. So, um, but you know, you have to be really fit to play that position, but we also have a really um, big evidence emphasis on our center midfielders and making sure that everything kind of flows through them. Right. So not necessarily they need to get the ball every time, but that they're involved in the game so that we can move the ball from left to right, right to left, that we can, you know, check into them and we always have an outlet. Um, and even in, um, you know, in, in, in the national semifinals, we even kind of played like four center midfielders almost where, cause we really wanted to overload this center midfielder. Cause we knew at any time the um, soda city, um, we're only going to have three at, at most. And we really were trying to win that battle in the m- middle of the field. But um, you know, again, the, the great thing about our coaching staff is when that wasn't working in the first half um, and you know, we, we weren't, we were down to nothing uh, until like the 45th minute um, is they made a- adjustments that ultimately, you know, we got two more, three goals, but we got, we, we scored right before half, but um, two more goals in the second half that with our adjustments, I think, I think that was a difference in the semifinal was that our coaching staff knew the game and could think the game and our players could understand the situation where they could make changes in the 10 minutes we had at halftime to completely change the system and have it go. And, you know, we scored two, two goals in one. So, 
Um, do you think do you think coaching has improved since since you were a youth player? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think that I was a little bit lucky because SC Frederick was fantastic for me as a youth player because like I like I was touching on earlier, they did focus almost exclusively on um technical and being technical with the ball and and juggling and first touch and that kind of stuff before we, you know, I, I think that my parents and the other parents got a little bit frustrated when we go out and lose six, six seven, one. But yeah. then when we got 14, 15, 16, when we, you know, we all got better in shape and we all got bigger, faster, stronger, we had already had the technical piece. And that's why we won um, like a couple state cups, you know, made a couple runs in regionals. But I think it's because we had the foundation of the technical and the physical stuff came later. That's you know, interesting. That's because I was on, I played club soccer, yeah. you know, early preteen teenager mm-hmm. and we were always focused on winning like u11 yeah. win 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 yeah. and then i remember we we you know we started off in like c is in new jersey so you yeah. started like cba mm-hmm. we kept moving up moving up but then like around 15 or 16 all of a sudden our club was just getting stomped <laughs> and i and i look back and like we just hadn't our coach was terrible yeah. we, we weren't taught the game at all so it's yeah, interesting that, here. Opposite. We got stomped till I was like 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, something just kind of flipped. And then like, you know, I think it was again, cause our guys had that technical background that they already knew they could physically play and then they got bigger, faster, stronger. So they could do it at a faster speed. And that's how we got around teams. Hmm. So, and, um, so one more thing, the thing I think the U S soccer has done the best, which I think there's still a long way to go is with, Women's soccer. Um, my girlfriend played soccer all through her youth and in college and still plays. Um, Which college? Shippensburg also. Oh, nice, um, nice. Yeah. So, um, but, um, you know, I, I think, and obviously, again, it always helps when when you win. And I think the women's national team winning, um, it only helps. There's a long way to go, but I think, you know, as far away we still have to go, I think that more people getting more interested is only going to help and it's only going to make women's soccer better because you know there are some women's soccer players i know that will wipe the floor with you know 85 to 90 percent of any guy i've ever played with um and you know giving them (laughs) your platform to play you know that can't be a bad thing so yeah have you been to germantown soccerplex i have yep i have yeah i played Um, my my wife actually did play in college too a little d3 (laughs) school up in michigan but so we played co-ed for a number of years but there's a girl from university of maryland that would come out and it was just (laughs) dominant like i i Yep. I was just in awe of her. Especially in co-ed. Hey, if, if, if you have a couple good, good girls, you guys are going to do so well because that's like the key. They were so much better than everybody. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she was better than all the boys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to ask you about USL because I'm always very curious about USL. I think they've done an excellent job rebranding. Yep. I love the different uh, championship league one league two. Yep. Um, I mean, what's your take on USL in general? Yeah. It's I mean, very, no, I mean, odd question, yeah, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that's a very good question. I, you know, I enjoy USL um, as a fan, right? Not even as a, like, what are we going to do? But like as a fan, I like USL because I think um, again, kind of like the women's soccer thing, it's giving, more guys, more chances to play and potentially move on to other bigger clubs. Right. Like, again, I don't think that I think, I mean, you look at, I mean, England is probably the the biggest quote unquote, cause most people watch it example, but like how many leagues do they have and how many teams in these leagues and how small is that country that they can support all these leagues and that there's enough quality players to support that. 
And now think of the U.S. of how many hundreds of millions of people we have here. Um, you know, I, I think that the USL, um, that the rebrand has been awesome for them. I'm, uh, I think that, that that piece has kind of gone fluidly. I will say, um, and this is me speaking independently of, of my club and team, even though yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, you don't have to answer every question. By the no, way, yeah, no, but I, you know, I, I think that my team and club and ownership would echo a lot of statements I'm saying. But I wish there was pro pro rel, even in USL, right? Oh, I, I, I don't even mean MLS do their thing, sure, but like even between those three, and I understand that, you know, some owners and some some ownership groups or some teams, maybe they don't want to go up, and sure, that's fine, that's fine, like. But I think they're still. Why would they not? Why would they not want to go up? I mean, you know, promotion money, relegation, you know, money, right? Everything costs money, right? If, if 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 they think more travel, farther away travel, whatever it is. But yeah. Um, well, how do you guys you know, raise funds for travel? Um, so there's a couple ways. So we have a couple decent sized sponsors, um, and we've we've gotten a couple more recently. Um, and I will say that like our three or four biggest sponsors, um, are kind of like the, the big way that we, um, you know, that we had our plane ride to Florida and the hotel for three nights and and all that. Um, but as far as like, you know, minus that trip, um, the Miami trip, UPSL especially was, I think we only had one overnight this season. And like, we probably maybe could have, come in, come, you know, gone there, played and come back the same night. And, but it was, that makes sense. The the fees, the league fees are marginally higher than other leagues. And, you know, it's really the field. Like, can you rent a field? Like that's, that's the biggest on like ongoing expenses field, field space, which, you know, for kind of for any team club anywhere, that's always kind of the, can you, can you get a field? And Blair is pretty, it's pretty nice club. I've a field I've played there. Yeah. No, it's a a county school. So is, is rental, Fairly easy there. Or? Um, easy in <laughs> scheduling is probably in. Yeah, scheduling <laughs> is the hardest part, but um, because it is a county school, it's actually run by the county. Um, but the the staff at Blair and the staff at the at the county have been fantastic. Like we, you know, for the MPSL season, we're kind of expanding, and now we're at, we have the locker rooms and the PA box and the and the scoreboard and and, and everything. Um, and you know they've been fantastic in working with us, and you know it's it's not, you know, it's not free. And like, we tell them that look like we're willing to pay for these extra things, but like we would love to use them. Um, but no, the AD and the principal at Blair and, and the folks at the County, um, they've been fan- fantastic. And yeah, it, it's a great field. And, you know, for us wanting to get people at our games, it's kind of in like in a central location that we hope a lot of people can come to. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you can, if you could hook up like a pre-watch party at, at, I mean, is there any breweries within walking distance of there? There's not. So Denizens, I mapped it out on like, you know, when we play on a Saturday night is like between an eight and 10 minute drive. So it's not, gotcha. it's not right. terrible. So get marched to the street. No. You, on, on Denizens. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have to ask you about MLS since you touched on yep. it. Um, do you watch, do you watch DC United? Do you have a squad? In, I do. Uh, in MLS? Yeah, so it's D DC United. Um, you know, I Are you from this area originally? Yeah, so sorry, yeah. I am from Frederick County, Maryland. So I've grown oh, up. That makes I've sense. been born there, lived there my entire life until college, and then now now I live in Baltimore. But you know, the first twenty one years minus college when I'm at college, I I lived lived in Maryland. So um, you know, I kind of 
fell in love with soccer, fell in love with, with American soccer, I guess, at RFK and John Harks and Jaime Moreno and John Harks will forever be my favorite player. Um, you know, I, I, he, he's, he's the reason that I wore number six till I was a goalie and realized that I couldn't be number six anymore. Um, but no, like I, I, you know, I don't, I don't hate MLS. I like MLS. Um, you know, it's, I, I, like I said, I've been watching them since, you know, I was born in 94. So since I was five, when I could understand, right. When I was watching on TV, um, you know, I, I think that again, the growth of soccer anywhere, I, that can't be a negative. Sure. Maybe some decisions, some places can, can be changed, altered, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I still don't think that we're at a point where there's going to be too many teams in the U S again, look at other countries, all the European countries that are so small and have 200, 300 pro- professional teams. Um, but, um, I've been to Audi field a couple times and actually only for us games so far. Um, but I'm actually, I gotta to, get there. I, yeah. It's, I just have, I have a kid and then I have a, yeah. another one coming in three weeks. I <laughs> go down from Rockville, but I gotta get there. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, I'll always have a soft spot for, RFK because again that's like that's when I think of soccer and like going to a game I think of beer showers at RFK and the and the you know the the cement floors bouncing up and down and bar Brava there um, but I, I will say Audi Field um, and I've seen some of the stuff my one gripe about Audi Field besides that it's in the city now <laughs> more uh, is that you know to me when I was there it felt stale it felt like it was just a stadium. Um, but you know, the updates I've seen them do about, you know, they've, they've added, you know, banners from previous years and they've added, you know, like John Harks now has like a little plaque up and they've, they try to bring some of that history, as much history as you can have in us soccer and MLS, they try to bring some of that history into Audi field. And I think, you know, I think that for people like me and wow, I sound really old right now, but like, Hey man, I'm way older than you. So (laughs) that can only help like, like the vibe in the stadium and like, I don't know. It's for me, like the, the size of it is perfect. The field is fantastic. Like the actual field itself looks fantastic. I've never played on obviously, but looks fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I was watching some, uh, what was I watching earlier? Millwall. Yeah. That field was so shitty. It was, yeah, it was all terrible. Like, yeah, round patches and the mud. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> it is. I do wonder like NWSL Washington mm-hmm. spirit play at Germantown. Like yep. Do they, they've got a couple games in, in Audi field every year. Yeah, so actually this year, um, they're doing, it's, it's like four, four, four. So they're doing four games at Soccerplex, four games at Audi field and four games at Loudoun U- United stadium. So they're kind oh, of Loudoun United stadium looks sweet. Yeah. That, right. And for me, that's what a lower, and I'm calling everything under MLS lower league soccer, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that's USL championship stadium. Yeah. That's what it should be. Right. It's, relatively small but still super nice you know they it, they're still got like actual seats but like the, i think that that the design of that stadium is really nice um and i haven't been there yet but i you know i'm i think i actually might have to go down there to catch either a loud game or a spirit game uh game because i'm a big fan of the spirit um i i was actually an intern there when i was in college let me um, so yeah, I, I I I love watching them. So so you've actually had your your uh, toes dipped in club soccer yeah. for a while here. From the <laughs> I, I, operations one, perspective. One summer in college, I was an intern. Um, gotcha. And that was about it. But what year was that? <laughs> that was in oh gosh, twenty fourteen maybe. Twenty fourteen. All right. 
either 2014, it's either 2013, 14, or 15. I just don't know which summer it was. So, yeah. And maybe, and, and actually, uh, for me, I, I've been a basketball fan my whole life. Okay. I actually was a basketball reporter at one point. Like, I would go to NBA games, go to Wizards games. Yeah. I played soccer, but never really watched it. About two and a half years ago, <laughs> I caught this crazy soccer bug. And, yeah. and here I am talking, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Fourth division U.S. soccer. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with everything about it. But yeah. I catch myself wanting to go to a Loudoun United game first yeah. over a, over a DC United game, and yeah, then and I think, yeah, I think like for me, like part of why I like lower league soccer so much. And I'm actually just talking about this with some players. Like at the stadiums that 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 level, I mean that's higher than we are, obviously, but at our level, like the di- the distance, both physically and like audibly and emotionally between like the players and fans is way closer. They're way closer together than like an MLS or an EPL to, to me. Right. Like, yeah. And do you have dedicated fans? Like you got people that come to most games. Yeah, so we got for our game against mass mass United. Um, it was actually a kind of a, it was cold and a little bit, it rained at the beginning of the game. And it was, it was pretty cold and windy, even though they said it was going to be like 60. Um, we probably had, I did a rough count because I tried to keep a little bit uh, track of. We had between 100 and 150 people there. That's cool. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, which is awesome, right? Like you got to start start somewhere, and it's better. You know, when we started, we had three people, and two of them were my parents. So, um, you know, that listen to this podcast, but maybe we'll get you one or two. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's 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 pretty cool to see. You know, one person that is paying us to come watch us play to me that's a win, right? So, like the fact that. 20 people might pay five bucks to come see us play is like even better. So um, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to one of your games. I, 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 I can promise I right hook, here. hook you up with as many tickets. No, no, I want to pay. I want to pay. I want to see the project. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so any, I could ask you about us soccer, on yeah. the, you know, us soccer. I'm always happy, federation level always happy if, to talk if you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, if I I was people ask me like who's your favorite soccer team just in general and the team I have the most fun supporting is the U.S. both men and women but you know I, I fell in love with the men first um, probably just because I'm a guy and played guy soccer but I love U.S. soccer um, as a team as as, as an idea right um, like I was I went to the World Cup in 2006 I went to U.S. Czech and U.S. Ghana and despite oh, you went 2006 badly, yeah. And despite how badly uh, th- uh, that went, um, it was still inc- like it was. I, I'm you know that was in 2006. That's 14 years ago, and I still talk about it like it, I went last year. So um, it was incredible, you know, to see not only all the U.S. fans there and you know sing the national anthem and see the flag and stuff, but to meet like I played pickup in a random park in Germany with guys from Trinidad and, and Tobago. Um, you know, seeing the Ghana fans and, you know, partying with them. This is amazing. I want to, I want to like, I want to focus on this for a second. (laughs) So this is Germany. It was Germany. Yep. And then, so what games did you see? Yeah. So, so the three U S group stage games were U S versus Czech Republic, um, U S versus Italy and U S versus Ghana. Um, Uh, and so the way my, it was my dad and I went, uh, group. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the way we got tickets is. I'm pretty sure my dad just like put in for a lottery through U S soccer so we could make sure we got U S tickets. Um, and you know, he put it in as kind of a joke, like we're never going to get tickets. And you know, we got an email saying, look, you got tickets to these two games. So, um, unfortunately we didn't get to see the Italy game, which is where they actually were. The, they were the only team not to lose the Italy in the tournament, I believe, cause we tied them. Um, 
we still went to the city that the game was in and, you know, they had the big fan fests and huge TVs and tens of thousands of they people. They won 2006 Italy, right? Yeah. Sorry? They won 2006. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. That's yeah. right. So, um, no, it was, it was incredible. And, you know, besides the soccer part, the being in Germany was, was awesome. I had, that was my first time out of the country. Um, but you know, it, it, it was, it was incredible. I mean, I, I can't wait to go to and or see another world cup. Um, because like that was, it was just, you know, 10, hundreds of thousands, millions of people all just wanted to have fun and watch soccer. Like it, it was, it was awesome. Um, unfortunately, like I said, yeah, the U S uh, did not do too hot, but, um, it was still, it was still fun being there and, you know, being able to say I was there and at, you know, at those world world cup games. So, um, it's an amazing experience. I, I hope yeah. I get to experience it in 2026. Yeah, and like I was, so in 2006, I was 12. So like for me, like as a 12 year old, really trying to like, you know, I was going on this trip and meeting people from all these countries that some countries I've never even heard of and, you know, playing pickup soccer with guys that didn't speak the language, but like we could both play soccer. So who cares? Like, you know, if, if I knew where to run and where he was going to pass it and stuff, it, it was, it was so much fun. Um, I'm sure that had an effect on you, a, yeah, a lasting effect. Like I said, like I still can talk about it now, like it happened two weeks ago. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, that was that was probably I, I would the best trip of my life so far. Hopefully, there's more uh, to uh-huh. come. But um, no, it was it, it was awesome, and yeah, I, I could talk about it like forever. So <laughs> yeah, and I guess I actually misspoke earlier. I said I've been watching soccer for three years. I've really been watching since 2010 World Cup because I. Okay in love with the uh, usmnt first yeah. uh, i would say and <laughs> yeah. then i that then i convinced the guys in the podcast who started <laughs> club soccer that yeah. you know we talk about usmnt in the player pool all the time yeah. so uh, it's fun it's, it's great it's all yeah. good no exactly and like you know i think the thing i like about the uh, men's national team is just like no matter what club you support whether it's an mls or epl or bundesliga or or the japanese league whatever league like you know everyone in the u.s like will cheer for the u.s right like it's it's everyone coming together and i'm sure it's like that in every country right all the england fans all the germany fans but it's just like you know being a part of like that u.s fans and 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 supporting your country it's i i love supporting the u.s no matter i I mean and think about i love thinking about u.s soccer in 30 years because i i do think (laughs) the game's growing and i think it's growing it's gonna grow quickly and i think people that watch football traditionally people that play football traditionally start filtering that way and no, I, yeah. the access we have to european that's soccer yep. yeah just, that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah the like i i remember like you know they had fox soccer channel um but even before that like i don't even know what channel it was but i know that my dad and i would have to go to this like one bar by our house that like had the pay-per-view like channel that would show soccer so we could watch soccer um but yeah like espn plus five bucks a month you get like i don't know 80 games 90 so games many. a week yeah, I watch. You can watch Italian Cup. You watch all yeah. the cup competitions. Yep. And second division, yeah, uh, yeah. and USLs yeah. all over. Exactly. Yeah. ESPN Plus. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. MLS. I, I feel like that's part of the problem. I'm a cord cutter. Yep. So I can barely so watch I. an MLS yep. game. Exactly. But yeah. Like the, yeah, the, the only games I can watch for MLS are like if they're on ESPN, because um, I have like an ESPN stream, or like Fox, and I have a Fox stream. But like, if it's on like. Comcast Sportsnet or whatever it is. I don't even know what it is now, if it's still Comcast Sportsnet or not, but like I'm negotiating it now. At least DC yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I can't see, you know, I can't see a lot of those games cause yeah, I don't have cable. I, you know, I have an antenna and some streaming stuff, but um, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't watch a lot of those games. Whereas EPL and, and, and 
second league in English and the Italian Super Cup, like I can get those no matter where I am, I can watch those. So, um, yeah, definitely I think the access to not even just like the best soccer in the world, but second divisions and third divisions all over the world and seeing like soccer. how quality, like, yeah, sure, they're not Man City, Liverpool, but like they're pretty damn good soccer players making a living playing soccer. So, um, it's, you know, being able to see all those games whenever you want is, is awesome. It's crazy too about, you know, I, I grew up playing soccer. I told you I had bad coaching, mm-hmm. took a few years off three years ago. I fell in love with watching the game mm-hmm. a couple months back. I started playing pickup soccer again at Germantown soccer plex yeah. <laughs> and I'm just a smarter player. Cause I watch it. Exactly. Like, I yeah. never watched it before. So it's and amazing what that, that does. Yeah. And I think that kind of going back to your question a little bit, like what has changed in, in, you know, youth soccer and, and coaching is I think that like, when I was watching soccer, when I was 10, 11, 12, a lot of the, my friends and a lot of guys that I played with weren't even watching soccer that much. Like they just either they didn't want to, or just like it wasn't on and available to them to watch when they were available. Yeah. And like, I think now, yeah, that like all this soccer is on TV all the time or like streaming all the time that people, yeah, they can see the game from like, you know, the high up camera, you can see where the guys are moving, what they're thinking. Um, and then of you course fall you in love with certain players and you know, exactly. their positions and then you know where they are on the field. Like it's, a, yeah. yeah, we're in a good spot. Yeah. For sure. So we usually end our podcast with a rant. I'm putting you in the spot here and it, oh, it can yeah. be tangentially related to soccer, any sort of rant that you just want to get off your chest. There's been some weird <laughs> ones. I mean, we've done, uh, we're about a year, year and change into this and we rant every single time. So, yeah, so that is putting on the spot. So, cause I have a couple ideas and I don't know which one I want to go with. Um, uh, I think, oh gosh. Okay. I'm going to focus on one topic, but it's going to kind of cover two different things. And I, for me, it's the, um, money that is needed for soccer in the U S and, um, I think for me and for where our club is at and for where I'm at, it's twofold. One is youth soccer. Um, you know, I think I was lucky enough that my parents could pay for me to play on a club team and they, you know, my, between my dad working and my mom working, like they, they were able to both pay for me and take me to practices and drive me to North Carolina and take off work and do all that. And, um, you know, I think that there is a ton, a ton, a ton of players that can't do that. That could be the ne- next Messi, ne- next, next Ronaldo, next, whoever next. I don't even like so even someone playing next Clint next, Dempsey. Yeah. Next, yeah. That I think that, um, and I'm not saying that everyone everywhere can put on a free club. Like that's, I understand that that's not viable, right? Like there has to be something involved, but you know, some of these, and you know, I, I was obviously a part of it when I was a youth player, right? My parents were doing it, but like some of the, the amount of money that now as an adult and now as someone kind of looking into this more is like, you know, some of the money is, you know, it's definitely blocking out a lot of potential talent. Um, and cause you know, we, we, we even have a couple guys on our team now that started and played in the national finals of the UPSL that never played club soccer, never played in college because really to play it decent, I'm not, I want to take that comment back. So playing college, you kind of have to play for a club team to go to tournaments and be seen. Sure. Coaches. Yeah, yeah. And if the coaches would have been at some of these rec games or, you know, in their communities or whatever, they would have seen that these kids can ball and they are, they can play 
And, you know, we're lucky enough that we found them and, you know, they came to tryouts or they contacted us or, or guys that we had on our team knew them from, from pickup or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, two of our starters had you know, never played club soccer, never played in college. That's and are, wild. are like not even members of our team, but very important members of our starting 11 that had a big impact in winning a national championship. Um, and secondly, you know, but besides the whole youth soccer, and I think that, I think that the money thing for the youth soccer, again, there's going to have to be money. It's going to have to come from somewhere. It's stuff needs fields and, and dirt. Like I understand that that stuff has to get paid for somehow. I mean, that all goes back to transfer fees and there, there's, that's a such a big, yep. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a big yeah. rabbit hole you can climb and down into. Secondly, um, the leagues, right. And again, same thing. I understand that money, like they need to have money to operate and there has to be some barrier to entry so that not any Joe Schmo person or club or whatever can just join these leagues or whatever. But, um, you know, I feel like however many hundreds of millions of dollars MLS is getting for, for new teams and even USL two teams and, and the money that they're getting is, you know, while I think that as, as an investment, it could be a good thing, right. For, for, for the owners and, and for that club, I think in terms of the development of soccer in this country, which I'm sure has been talked about ad nauseum more than I can talk to or know about now, you know, I think that it's stifling the growth of the talent a little bit, not necessarily the viewership or the fans, but the, the talent a little bit, because, you know, again, there might be a club like us or a club, you know, a, a, some youth club that, you know, they say, hey, you know, one day we want to, you know, have a quote unquote first team to, you know, have the top of our pyramid so that like from our U6s up through the men's team, you know, they have someone to look up to. But like, you know, there's UPSL, there's MPSL, you know, there's state leagues that, that do a great job. But, you know, kind of once you start getting past that, like you need to have some money in your pocket to be able to kind of keep that going. And this again, this is me, not the club talking, but I think ProRel um, fixes a lot of that. I think that I'm a big advocate of ProRel as a as a club and as a team. But obviously no one wants to go down right that no sure. one wants to go down. But on the flip side, for me as a fan, that makes the bottom of the table clashes just oh, exciting so at the top. and like I almost kind of like and like watching those better because it's like you know who's gonna like they're getting that's what I fell in love with can. exactly they're doing everything they can not to go down sure they're not gonna win the trophy but like for them staying up is the trophy and so like Brighton Watford was on the other day and I was like, oh, yeah yeah exactly this game means so much I mean exactly it's like, a lot monetarily for them. and then for me for the leagues right and looking at it from kind of like that front office to me in, in my head, right. It gives fans, people the incentive to watch those lower games. Whereas, you know, if there's not in the two bottom teams of fans, like, Oh, I don't care. Like there's, sure. there's matter. It, le- it legitimately like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that that money, and again, I know money rules everything. And like, we need it to, to, to pay players. If you're professional pay staff, rent fields, um, you know, get, uh, jerseys for your semi-pro team for your amateur team right but like you know i i money man it's yeah, yeah. All, you never have, you. have enough so uh, it's the truth <laughs> it's the truth yeah <laughs> Thank you.